Well, good morning. I'm Jeff, one of the pastors, and uh, uh, I'm grateful to be here with you this morning. It has just been rich. It's been a rich um, season in so many ways of all the heights and the depths of our human condition. And so um, I'm tired of crying. I know that. I got like a crying headache. Um, So uh, we're going to come to God's Word. We're studying Colossians. It's super sweet to be in God's Word together. Thank you, those of you contestants, that if you were here early enough to see the Ben's little contest, that uh, thank you contestants for being in in Colossians with us. That's fun. Hope you join us for the last chapter. Art's preaching next week on uh, Colossians 4.2 and following, and we've got a couple more sermons left in this series, and it's been great to go through the book together. Um, We're going to turn the lights on, which we just hate. We hate it because they're fluorescents and they kill your soul, but... um, but we, we wanted to do this habit when we're together in Colossians to open your Bible. So I'm going to ask you to grab a Bible in front of you, in the chairs in front of you. I want everybody to have a Bible in your lap, and I'm going to wander the rows in just a minute, and so I'll be able to look at you and see that you don't have one, and I'll be like, really? With my eyes like, really? And uh, it's just super fun to have everybody have a Bible right in their lap and, uh, and open it up. We're in Colossians. We're uh, at the end of chapter 3 now. Isn't it funny that we've been every week for like... I don't know how many weeks we've done this now, six or seven weeks. I'm always like, what page is it? And it's the same page. We're not moving very fast. That's good. So what page is it in the church Bibles? 1,089, 1,090, something like that. You'd think I'd memorize that by now, but I have not. Um, We are, uh, we're kind of going through it slow and that's good. We want to do that. And this text that we're just about to read, this text, I, I, uh, you may have looked ahead, you may have read this week. It was funny, I mentioned it second gathering, but um, uh, our, last week I did, second gathering, but our, our uh, reading plan this week started with verse 18. So if you're reading through our yellow, yellow thing, it's just a verse or two a week. And, and like Monday morning, you got up and you read Colossians 3.18, which says, wives, submit to your husbands. That's what it started with. So I figured the crowd might be big today to see what the heck are we going to do? What's Jeff going to do with that? We're just about to read the text. I've given you a little bit of a fun fact, a little how do we study God's word kind of thing each week. And this week, I just, I want to remind you that one of the things that we do when we study God's word is we recognize that there's a historical context. And if you go back to the very first sermon that I preached on Colossians, we went through and we talked about who Timothy, Paul was and who Timothy was and who Epaphras was and who, what Colossae was. And we talked about the historical context and where it was in the world and what time we're talking about in the, in the history of the world. And so we start to realize these are real people in a real little teeny tiny church that at the beginning of Christianity. So there's real stuff going on here. And I'm giving you that fact and remind you that these are real people in a real historical context in a culture very, very alike to ours and very different than ours. And so part of us figuring out what he's saying is remembering that this is a guy a real human, inspired by God, but he's writing to some real people in a real historical context. And so there's many things inside our scriptures that we realize are historically rooted, and our job is to do the hard work to try to figure out, so what does that mean to me in today's world? Is that the same exact situation? Is it a similar situation, or is it a totally different situation? And that we figure out through context. We figure out through other places in the Bible where stuff teaches. So always remember that when you read it, it's rooted in a historical context, and you got to figure out what that means in terms of this thing that we're reading. I'll say one more thing, kind of fun fact, how how to study the Bible about that. So you're going to find some stuff in the Bible that is descriptive of what's happening at the time, but isn't meant to be prescriptive per se. 
about what it is that we're to do. So when you look in the Old Testament, you realize that the kind of world that they lived in, that wars and battles were part of their everyday life, and even the people of God were engaged in, hey, let's go out and kill some people for God. There was a very, it was describing what was happening at that time, but none of us, through all the rest of the teaching of the scripture, through all of Jesus's teaching, would argue that we would go out there and slay people in the name of God, right? So we know contextually, it was something that was happening that was just being described about what was happening at the time in history, but isn't prescribed for you today. Does that make sense? Descriptive or prescriptive? Historical context. It's going to be important. It's really important as we start to read some of these things, because now Paul has turns his attention after these, these great theological insights, he turns his attention to some, um, uh, some direction, some teaching to these Christian households. And he's using some terms that we're maybe not necessarily familiar with. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to get down to the end of this passage that we're about to read into slaves and masters. It is fascinating for you to read about slavery in the Roman world and read about the Christians and their take on it. I don't think we're going to get there. I'm going to go through this passage verse by verse a little bit with some setup, and then we'll get to where we need to. And then I'm going to get a five-minute warning from my friends in the booth in the back. And then I'm going to wrap it up, and we'll get as far as we can today in studying the Bible together. All right? Are we ready to do that? All right, here's the word of the Lord. Let's look together. Did I even tell you where we're at? Chapter 3. I left off last week at verse uh, 16, uh, 17. Uh, and uh, now we're starting in verse 18. I'm going to read the whole text and you can follow along. 18 through the very first verse of chapter 4. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Now, some of you already are like, hey, in fact, I did see somebody just grab their wife's arm. I just saw that. We're going to talk about that for a minute, I mean, in a minute, but some of you are already like, oh, that's what Jeff was talking about. It doesn't apply to us at all. It's old-fashioned. You may want to step out for coffee later. Um, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs. There's no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of the Lord, friends. And you see that there, he's talking to, to Christian households. There's six groups of people in this, six groups of people. Look at, your, you look at your text. There's six. He's saying something to six different people. Let's talk about who they are. Number one is who? What does it say? Wives. Second. Husbands. Third. Fourth. Fathers or parents. Mm-hmm. And fifth, slaves. slaves and six. All right, let's do this six-point sermon. You ready? I'm not going to get into it. We're not going to be able to do all of it. So I'm going to six groups of people, but he's talking to these people about authority. There's authority in every single one of these things. This is what he's talking about. Now listen, there is a key component to understanding human relationships and authority. If we were to do a sermon on all six, there would be some key connection between all of these things, a, a, a fundamental principle about human relationships 
and authority in human relationships. And I'm going to have you, and I'm, the context teaches us what this is. And so I'm going to read one more verse with you. We're going to go back a step to where we left off. So go back to chapter 3, verse 17. We're talking about what is the key principle that kind of ties this all together, this idea of human relationships and the idea of authority. Look at verse 17, where we left off last time. Read it with me if you have my version, okay? And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God Father through him. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now take a minute, I want you to read the end of verse 24. Keep that, that phrase we just looked at in mind, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now look ahead to verse 24. There's a hint in there. The end of verse 24. There's this, that sent, full sentence starts with, it is. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And then look at 4.1. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair. Why? Because you know that you have a master in heaven. Now, we've got verse 17 that says, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. You've got verse 24 that says, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And you've got verse 1 of chapter 4 that says, you know you have a master in heaven. I had you look at those three phrases because I asked the question, there is a key principle that ties together all of this idea of human relationships and authority. What do you think it is? Based on the three things we just looked at. Anyone? Christ is the ultimate authority. How do you know that? It says so in the Bible. <laughs> Look at the phrases again. Christ is the ultimate authority. We do it in the name of Jesus. That's an authority piece. Verse 24, it is, the, it is what? The Lord Christ, the Lord Jesus that you're serving. In verse 1, we have what in heaven? A master. He's talking to six groups of people about authority and he cannot shake the fact that all the way through it, he's saying, but it's Jesus that you serve. It's Christ that is the Lord. He is the master. This is the point of the text. Do you see how context fits in here? So however we end up working through these relationships and what it looks like to live in these relationships with one another and deal with authority, the overall arching principle is what again? Christ is the ultimate authority. Go like this if you're with me, and I'm going to move on. Go like this if you need me to camp there for a while, because you're not clear. Christ is the ultimate authority. That's the overall principle in this thing. That's the context of it. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. We all have a master in heaven. I love this, because in the midst of every human relationship is this idea that Jesus is the Lord. You know, Best illustration I can come up with right now is how Art and Ben and I have been, uh, become lead pastors together in, at church here. And none of you guys asked a whole lot of really, really, really hard questions about it, which we see as a compliment that you trusted and that you trust God. But we went to this because, uh, well, we went to this. So we were three lead pastors. And he, but here is the hard question that everybody asks. Well, who's in charge? 
If you ask us that question, depending on my relationship with you, I'm on the relatively snarky with my answer. Here's what it is. Jesus. Because people go, who's in charge? Every organization, every company, every, every, there's got to be somebody in charge. And I'm like, oh, I could not agree more. In the name of the Lord Jesus, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You have a master in heaven. And so I get real snarky and they go, who's in charge? And we go, Jesus. And we think we have a better chance of hearing his voice with three of us rather than one. When you, when you drop the God card, it stops the whole conversation. You just win the argument. People think it's great. I met a, a fully unchurched family at a wedding last night, and we got talking about it, and they were asking about our church. And, you know, it's, I love weddings because a couple of drinks, people really get loose when I talk about God. And uh, not me, not me, the couple of drinks. I, it's him. But he, he was asking about it. He goes, so are you the lead pastor there? You, he used his language of, are you the, you know, I think he said this, the, the head priest or something like that. And, and I wanted to go, yes, I'm the head priest. That's right. Just wear that mantle for a little bit, but I didn't. I, so I started talking to him about it and he thought it was the most amazing idea. And I said it exactly that way. I said, there's three of us that lead it. And people always ask, who's in charge? I say, God is. And the three of us have a better chance of hearing him than one. And he goes, that is brilliant. And then he said, every corporate leader I know understands that concept and is living that out. That's what we've learned about how human organizations work best. Although they're not submitting to God, they're working collaboratively. It's the Lord Christ. He's the ultimate authority. And the text says that we do it all in the name of Jesus. That means that, that is a, an authority uh, phrase, that we do it in the name of Jesus. If we do something in the name of Jesus, then it's an authority piece, that we're doing it under the authority of Jesus. That's what it means. You know this, any of you who are parents, well, you know this, any of you who have grown up uh, in families, that uh, it's like saying, hey, dad said, you, mom said, you drop mom's name in the conversation, it changes the whole dynamic. So siblings are fighting. So our Anna and Tommy, they're 15 months apart. They were like twins. They just super sweet, loving relationship, but just constantly beat up on each other all the time. They were constant fights, okay? Your children just fight all the time. Is it just my children that are that dysfunctional? Yeah. So tiring. You're so tiring. You children are so tiring. Don't like you. And they would fight all the time, and they would come and they go, Tommy, right? So then this happens. You tell Tommy to get over here and sit next to me. And then I'd hear this out. She'd run outside. You have to go inside and sit next to Daddy. He's like, I don't have to go inside. You have to go inside. And then you hear her say what? Dad said. All of a sudden it's... <laughs> There's this authority piece. What does the scripture say in verse 24? Whatever you do, was it 17? 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whatever relationship you're embedded in, husband, wife, dating, parent, child, boss, worker, slave, master, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, you do it all, what? In the name of the Lord Jesus, you do it all under the authority of Jesus. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. You come and you say, okay, well, then I'm serving Jesus. This is what I'm going to do. And it's in his name that I live out this relationship. 
Now that is huge. It's then, therefore, then all, in every one of these relationships, in this context, you can see it in this context, every one of these relationships begins with the psyche of, well, since Jesus is Lord, dot, dot, dot. Now think about that for a minute. Okay, so I'm married. Okay, so I'm a parent. Okay, so I'm a child. Okay, so since Jesus is Lord, what does that mean? That's the money piece for taking home today. And then when they give me the five-minute warning, I'm going to come back to that idea. Since Jesus is Lord, what does that mean in this relationship? Since Jesus is the final authority in my life, what does that mean about how I live? And one of the ways, what it, what it means is that we're going to be able to die to ourselves. And that's where we get the word submission. So let's look at this because you're like, is he just wasting time so he doesn't have to talk about this? Verse 18, let's read it together. Wives, I really didn't want to say it together. I just wanted to hear you. Here we go. Wives, submit. Submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. There's the Lord peace, by the way as is fitting to the Lord Jesus, who is the ultimate authority. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. Submit yourselves to your husband. Submit yourselves. You're going to be able to die to yourself, Christian household, followers of Jesus. That's who he's writing to in the context. You are going to be able to submit yourselves, wives, to your husband because the Lord is the final authority in your life and in your family. That's what this is about. That's what this is saying since Jesus is Lord. It is perfectly illustrated, this idea that I've been talking about this whole time already. Where there is lordship of Jesus, since Jesus is Lord, dot, 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 you are able to die to yourself in this relationship. You're like, okay, but tell me about what that means. Now listen, do not hear something that I'm not saying, by the way. This is a Christian household. He's writing to people who are seeking to follow Jesus. So when you have a marriage where somebody's not following Jesus, then that's a whole different category and it's a different set of principles apply. Also, if you have a husband or a wife and they are acting so unhealthfully as to be abusive in this, then they're not submitting themselves to Jesus. A whole other different set of principles apply. So if you, by the way, are embedded in a relationship where there's physical or emotional violence, manipulation, then we're, that's a different conversation, different sets of scripture that we need to talk about, okay? So, Christian household, you're able to die to yourself. Well, let's talk about what this means. It is true, friends. He said it here. He said it in Ephesians that the man is said to be the head of the household. It's taught in the scriptures. Ephesians 5, in fact, put your finger in Ephesians 5. You'll see almost the identical words in there. Uh, it's two books to your left. Okay? Anybody got a page number, Ephesians 5? 1082. Verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Interesting phrase there. He doesn't mean like, oh, treat your husband like he's God, because by the way, not even close. But because we're recognizing that Jesus Christ is the Lord. 
So you can die to yourself because the Lord is embedded in this relationship and his lordship is having its way. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. For you, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. There is a authority piece in the scriptures. We hate this teaching. We hate this passage. We're just like, that seems so anachronistic. That seems so antithetical to our culture. But you kind of can't get away from the teaching. So what do we do with it? Here's the question. Is Paul recognizing and applying Christian principles to common norms that are happening at the time in this context? It was a patriarchal society. The husbands were the head. Their wives were their property. Their slaves were their property. They were in charge. They were the only ones with rights. Okay. Is he just applying Christian principles? Hey, women, if your husband's following the Lord and you're following the Lord, you can live within this. Because Jesus is going to be the Lord. And so you can die to yourself and be, and maybe he's even having to challenge them because they found such freedom in Christ. Because remember, Paul taught everywhere else, there's no male or female in Christ. And they were finding newfound freedom. So were slaves, by the way. That was the beginning of the overturning of slavery in the world with these Christian principles of in Christ, there's neither slave nor free. So he's saying, but listen, you can trust living in this situation like this because Jesus Christ is Lord. So the question is, is he just recognizing these cultural norms and applying Christian principles to them? Or is he defining that marriage should be structured this way for all time? And so there's literally no translation that needs to happen. You are the head of your wife in spiritual things. I'm gonna tell you right now, in this room, as well as in the Christian world, there is a full plethora, the full gamut of people's take on this passage. So here's going to be my teaching. You ready on this? Is he just applying Christian principles to norms, but we have different norms now. We apply these principles that Jesus Christ is Lord later. Or is this the way that it is? Don't know, don't care. Okay? (laughs) I'm being flippant. I do care. We don't know. Or there wouldn't be Christians arguing for 2,000 years. When you find Christians arguing for 2,000 years and not solving it, the scriptures have not been sufficiently clear. It's clear teaching the husband is the head of the wife. It's also clear teaching that in Christ there's neither male nor female. There's also a very clear teaching that there's mutual submission in a relationship. So the answer is probably yes and no. It doesn't matter because this is what we know. We know that wives are not to be submissive to husbands any differently than husbands are to be submissive to wives. That's that's the ball game. That's the game changer right there. So if you're like, wait, why would I have to be submissive to my husband? Because we're mutually submissive to one another because Jesus is our Lord and we can die to ourselves in human relationships. You got it? Do you know how I know that? Look back at Ephesians. You got your finger in Ephesians? Ephesians 5.22 is the one that we just read. Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Go back and look at Ephesians 5.21. What does it say? Somebody read it for me. Somebody raise their hand and read it for me. 5.21. Who's got it? Okay, please. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then there's a paragraph break in a lot of our Bibles, which is a terrible idea. You know why? There's not even a verb in the Greek in verse 22, friends, in Ephesians 5. There's not a verb. This is what it says. The verb is in 521. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives to your husbands 
as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do, do, you, hear the, do you hear it? We're all submitting to one another. Wives, submit to your husbands. You know why? Because wives were like, we're free. We don't have to live according to these cultural norms where he's the owner of me. We're Jesus freed up people in Christ. There's neither male nor female. And they were just like, woohoo. And he's like, listen, you can submit though into that setting. You can live into that setting because we're all mutually submitting to one another. Then Jesus has his way. It's such good news. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. All right, I already got my, my morning, so I'm going to finish this talking about this, and then we're going to be done. Here's why it doesn't really matter, because submission is mutual, and so that changes everything. And the second reason it doesn't really matter whether you're really conservative on this or really liberal on this is the fact that Jesus is the Lord of every Christian household, because it says you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. So every relationship, every marriage, and, and, and now, now go further into, into worker and, and, and boss, go further into parent and kids, because we're not going to get to teach there. But in every relationship, if where Jesus is the Lord, then Jesus is the one that leads. So let me tell you this that might shock you, but if you stop and think about your relationship, you may agree with this. I've never, ever, submission, I don't even know where I fall on whether this is something that, you know, like there's some headship that's different and spiritual leader. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm supposed to be an example and help my wife succeed spiritually. I'm supposed to mutually submit to my wife. She's supposed to submit to me and my influence. It's never become an issue. It's never actually become an issue. And the reason it's never been an issue is because every time we've gotten to a place of impasse, Jesus has showed up and solved it. I, like if my wife and I'm like, you know, one time, one time in my relationship, I said, okay, well, that's it. Listen, I'm an authority over you and we're doing it this way. We can't solve it. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> now, if you're the most conservative, you go, well, I'm sorry, nothing. I'm the head. That's it. I made the decision for us. Friends, Jesus Christ is the Lord. I, I implore you, maybe that's the right way to go, but I implore you, I think a better way is to say, wow, we're not on the same page. Let's submit to Jesus and see what it is. Do you know with Art and Ben and I and leadership of this church, it's, it's never two against one. We've decided if it's not unanimous, we're not moving. We're not going forward. We don't go, let's consider a direction in our church. Well, I think it's great. Art's like, I think it's great. Ben's like, I think it's stupid. And we're like, well, you lose. <laughs> if Jesus Christ is the Lord, then what we believe in that is that Jesus will come and help us solve that and figure out what the deal is. And Ben's got something to add to that. And our submission is, we think we're right. In fact, two brains think we're right. The two oldest guys think we're right. There's all the world, the evidence in the world, the guy who used to be the real senior pastor thinks it's right. All the evidence of the world is we should move forward. But mutual submission says, Let, let's see what Jesus says. And never in 30 and a half years of marriage have I had to ever go, well, we can't solve it because Jesus comes through. I got to end with this. Here's the secret. Husbands, then it says, love your wives. Don't be harsh with them. Don't do a power play with them because that's how culture has set up this patriarchal society. So much good stuff about being harsh on why, what that's about. But if you look in Ephesians, the parallel passage, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Husbands, love your wives. You want to talk about headship? Then you love your wives 
the way Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church, friends? He died for them. He gave up his life for them. Wives, in mutual submission, you submit to your husbands. Let's trust that Christ is Lord. Husbands, when that's happening, you mutually submit to your wife and you give yourself up for her. So what you have is a relationship. Now listen, apply it to being parent and child. Apply it being a worker and boss. Apply it to all of this. What we have is in a Christian setting, we have two people who individually and collectively are submitting themselves to the lordship of Jesus. And so the only fight we have is who gets to die the most so the other can be built up. Do you see how it's good news? That's amazing. And so when we end up disagreeing, Linda and I, and we can't figure it out, I'm like, okay, well then we're gonna go your way because I love your gifts and I love your heart for God and I wanna see your dreams come true. And she goes, no, 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 not on my watch. I wanna go your way. (laughs) I'm aware that that signifies the relative health in our relationship, but that's not because we're so amazing. It's because we've solved the issue that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I can die to myself. I'm not in control of my life. And therefore, I don't have to control my wife. That's why men, we're harsh with our wives because we're so bent on control. That's why women, you can be so difficult sometimes in your relationship with your husband because you're so bent on control. The issue is not fix your marriage. The issue is submit yourself to Jesus Christ as Lord. It is the Lord Christ that we serve. I told him to give me a five minute warning. I blew right by it like a red light. So what's the point? Did I even tell you that 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 was the title of the sermon? Who's in charge? What's the answer? Yeah, the Lord Christ. So where do I leave you? Since Jesus Christ is your Lord, friends, then what? So if Jesus is your Lord, what does that mean for you this week in a human relationship where submission and love and dying to yourself is required? Even as I'm talking, I know tons of people in this room are not married, so is there a broader context for you? How did this How does this fleshy part of you that rises up and wants to take control and not trust Jesus as Lord? So you end up fighting in relationships, powering in relationships, maneuvering in relationships, rather than believing that Christ is the ultimate Lord. Can you put one of, can you put into practice this idea? Here's your homework. Memorize Colossians 3.17 tonight tomorrow morning on the, on the ferry. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then apply that to one spot in your week, one relationship, one place, where you can say as you open the door to go into that sales appointment, as you sit down for that review meeting, as you encounter that, come home from work into your marriage relationship, that as you open the door, you say, so if Christ is Lord. Stand and receive a blessing. It's amazing how I can just milk that time and go right through it. It's amazing. It's Go get your kids as soon as we're done. Tell them Art went long. (laughs) Tell them Gina went long. (laughs) My friends, 
submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit yourselves, wives, to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and give yourself up for her. Bosses, you have a master in heaven. Do the right thing for the people under your authority. Parents, trust Christ and don't overparent so that they're embittered and discouraged. Over and over and over again, the scriptures say, let Christ be your Lord. Let him govern your relationships and we'll see the fruit of the kingdom of God come. Go serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.